Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today for another episode of the Impact Blueprint Show. We are so so excited to have you here, and I couldn't be happier. I have got an amazing guest for you today, and you are going to learn a lot today about not only entrepreneurship, you're going to learn some things about go high level, some leadership skills. So I've just got an amazing guest today for you, and uh, let's just get into that. I'm going to introduce our guest. Today, we have Miranda. Miranda Wood on the show. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So here's a little bit about Miranda, everyone. So Miranda is a business consultant. She owns her own company, Whatever It Takes. She is a 2021 Entrepreneur of the Year Award recipient winner in her community. This is huge, people. She is a fourth-generation entrepreneur in her family, which I'm going to ask her about. She specializes in helping small businesses grow and scale. She shows others how to build relationships that drive sales with no paid ads. That's important. We'll we'll talk about that. She is a go-high-level expert, and she is a soon-to-be-published author and a soon-to-be podcast host. And I think, Miranda, maybe even most importantly, with all that, you are a mother of three children. Wow. How do you, how do you like, fit all that in? <laughs> lots of balancing, lots of, you know, time blocking and lots of teamwork in our household. So you're, you're extremely uh, organizationally uh, uh, good at keeping track and, and juggling things, I take it, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So let's start out. I mean, there's a lot of cool things that we could we could talk about. But first of all, thank you for being on here. And I want to talk about fourth generation entrepreneur. Come on. That's like four generations of your family. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the future, the fifth upcoming generation is my children, right? And so my youngest, he's nine, and he tells me all the time he's going to be a future billionaire. And as he had some school project, he was like, hey, I want to go learn more about our family. So we went to my grandmother's house, and we're talking to her, and I found out that my my great-grandfather, so my grandmother's dad, owned a gas station and a grocery store back in the 40s. That was almost 100 years ago. And then my grandmother was a Tupperware lady for 20 years, right? And so MLM sales, some people call it business, some people don't. But for this, I'm going to call it business, right? Hey, it's business, absolutely. And then my dad started his first company back in the 90s. And then there's me. So my great-grandfather, my grandmother, my father, myself, and then soon to be the children, at least one of the children that I'm raising. Wow, really cool. And to add on top of that, your husband is also an entrepreneur, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. He, he did not have those aspirations before we met. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of pulled him into it, uh, kicking and screaming, but it, uh, we're going to get into that. So let's just like transition to that because that's an exciting transition. I know your your prior role before going 100% working on your own business, whatever it takes, 
you had been actively helping grow your husband's business. Can you just talk a little bit about that and then how you transitioned into, you know, really going, leaving his company to start your own? And then how does that transition into helping others grow and scale their businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So back to the whole him kicking and screaming. Mm. Uh, when our youngest turned one, I went to grad school. And through grad school, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad to him, right? And after reading the book, he's like, okay, cool. I want to start a business. So he started a business and I'm doing my own thing. And finally, only, and I was doing real estate at the time. And I said, you know, every single one of my clients have used you for something. Why aren't you marketing to them? He said, well, you want to do it for me? So I make the jump and, you know, I really help him with this. And we, we do a lot. And I think some of that we're going to talk about later in the show. And then this year, he got to a point that he's like, okay, you can't help me anymore. I'm done. You're fired. Go find someone else to help. And I'm like, dude, what? what do you mean I'm fired? I don't work for you. I work with you. We're partners. What do you mean I'm fired? He was like, well, as of this moment, you no longer work for the mold man. You just own it. Wow. Okay. That's keep going. Tell us. So what, what'd you do? You were like, what the heck? Absolutely. It was it <laughs> such a punch of, well, what do I do now? <laughs> and so I really had to dig deep and see one, what did I want my life to look like? Two, who do I want to help and how do I want to help them? What are my skills? And so I really had to look at what did I do to help him grow over the last three years? And so when I first started, he was using Thumbtack, Home Advisor, Angie's List, all of those things, and was barely hitting six figures. I came in and I said, okay, cool, I'll do this on one condition. You fire all of those companies that are getting you leads, and you watch what I'm made of. And the first 12 months, uh, the company grossed $300,000. Wow, this year we did, he said the last 12 months, we hit uh, half a million. And he said, no more. I don't want to grow anymore. I don't want to deal with people working underneath me. I want to be a solopreneur. I'm done growing. I'll use what you've helped me do. Now go help other people do the same. That is so cool. So, okay. So let's, let's dissect that a little bit. So taking that some of the similar successful strategies, what are those strategies now that you deploy with other businesses to help them grow? So one is actually pricing. One of the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with when they first get started is finding their own value, right? And so if you're underpricing your services, that's a huge place where you can really bring up those sales, right? And then really work on building those relationships. And then I used Go High Level to create the systems and processes that he needed in his system to streamline the entire thing, right? And so now he'll get a text message when he needs to call a client or he'll get a nudge that he needs to go do A, B, and C. And so it allows him to stay super busy in the field, but also make sure his clients are taken care of, which has been a game changer for him. That is really cool. Let's talk more about pricing. I think that's really important and it's relevant. I was just on a training call for myself. Um, I'm doing taking some training right now with one of my coaches that I work with. And it was something he said last night. He said, you need to raise your prices. Looked in the camera and, you know, it's myself and others. And he said, you have to raise your prices. You're too cheap. You have way too much more value to the marketplace. You have to raise your prices. So when you, you so I, again, as I heard that, I just kind of went, 
Mm. So tell me, what's the, is it a limiting belief that the normal business owner has a little bit of a scarcity mindset? And, and when you do help them or convince them to raise their prices, do they lose 50% of their business or do they actually start to grow? No. So with the mold man, we raised the prices and we grew, right? So we got more sales in the door and we made more money. And so what I've learned is happening is if you undervalue yourself, the market's going to undervalue you. And Perfect. if the market undervalues you, then they're not going to see the reason to work for you with you, right? So like, let's talk about SEO or paid ads, right? I know I don't mm -hmm. do a whole lot of paid ads, but I've looked at this concept. And this company may charge you $1,000 a month and this company may charge you $100 a month. Well, this person that says, hey, I'm worth a thousand, they're telling the world, I'm confident enough to tell you I'm worth a thousand dollars. The person who says I'm only going to charge you a hundred saying I'm not confident in myself. So I'm going to charge what I think you're going to think I'm worth rather than confidently telling the world what your value is. And those two things are really different. Now there is a point that you can charge too much, right? And so how you do that is you really have to look at that data, right? And so what are your close ratios, right? Is your close ratio 50% right now? What if it's 95? I just met with a client who told me her close ratio is 95%. I said, then you are way underpriced. You need to pull that number way up, right? And the higher you go, that close value, that close ratio will change. But yes. at a certain point, as that close ratio drops below your comfort level, you know, okay, I'm right around the place that I want that pricing to be. Yes. Right. Yes. And so it's kind of that careful game of watching that closing ratio and figure out where you want to be. Wow. Miranda, that right there. I mean, for those listening, that two, three minutes, that was just money. That was amazing because what you said, I'm going to repeat this. If your price is too low, the market will also value you based upon or their perception will be that you're not qualified as well, or you're not as qualified if your price is so low. I loved that in the, the way you said that. That is amazing. Okay. So now you you mentioned that, that you help those people scale. It sounds like another big part of that, I, I always call them buckets, but another bucket is tracking and understanding the data and the analytics. Is that a, a big part of what you work with your clients on is understanding their metrics? And, and if so, where do you measure those at? Do you use Go High Level? Absolutely. So Go High Level, we've actually also done some Excel spreadsheet stuff at just as a backup, right? And so we put all of our clients in there just in case, you know, Go High Level fails or, you know, whatever. So we have both places just to help make sure that there's no glitches in technology. Technology is not perfect. And you want to make sure that you have that backup. And so I will use both to make sure that we have a clear vision of where we are, what's our close ratio, how's everything working, you know, what what do we need to do next to make sure that we're moving in the right direction, right? Because there's times that supply and demand changes and we need to scale back just a little bit on that pricing to hit more close. Sometimes we got to go forward a little bit. And so looking at those numbers, um, I also do a lot of stuff with EOS and looking at that scorecard and keeping track of those numbers. That's a big deal and moving forward with that as well. Very good. How do you how do you give consult to your clientele? Um, 
when it comes to in the pricing realm, again, I'm going to ask one more question. How do you give them good advice when they say somebody wants to negotiate my price? What, what's the, what's your words of wisdom or, or counsel to them? Negotiating price is definitely an interesting one. I know inside the mold man, people's way of negotiating the price is, well, I'll take A, I don't want B. And we have literally had deals where we're like, no, no deal. We're not negotiating that. B may not benefit you, but when you're done with this house, someone else is going to have to live there. And that's a safety and integrity issue, right? And so it really comes down to what does that negotiation look like? One of the things that I often tell people is don't discount your prices. Don't use coupons or, you know, things of that nature to get in those sales because it, it still gives you that different undervaluing piece. Right. Because if people know, well, I know I can get this for 20 percent off. I'll just wait till the next 20 percent off coupon comes out and then I will use it. And so there's a lot of pieces with that as well um, that people need to be mindful of. And so if you're going to negotiate, I wouldn't necessarily lower your pricing, but maybe find some more creative terms that work better for the client. Yeah, that, that's a great answer. Um, I think yeah, I, I think that's a tough one because in in sales and in a lot of small businesses, um, you know, we we want that sale, we want that that order, and so it's so tempting to say, well, I've already got the whatever the mechanism or machine working. It's really not costing me that much. I might as well just keep it keep it moving and get a product out the door, but you're undervaluing and devaluing yourself. So I really like that. Um, let me ask you this question, and you mentioned this earlier, that you you drive relationships and sales with, without paid ads. And I know you follow the SEO and the metrics and things, but can you speak to how did you, let's specifically start with the mold man and then move into other businesses. How did you... How did you do that successfully? It comes down to knowing your ideal client. If you can mm-hmm. figure out exactly who you help and what problem you solve, you can then figure out how to communicate with them, how to find them, and how to serve them. And once you figure that out, then you can schedule your time and make sure you're doing those things, right? So for instance, the mold man, our ideal client is a real estate agent. Where do I get in front of real estate agents? Right? And so once I figured that out, I then positioned myself in those places. I then used real estate agents as referral partners and came up with a system to build that relationship with them past the introduction, right? So I use proper placement inside the marketing or inside the market and different events and things to build that rapport and that initial relationship. But then I have a whole set of pieces that I do afterwards to nurture and maintain that relationship, to build that trust. Because doing it this way, building the referral partners, building the branding, you know, really targeting that target market, you're looking at a long-term organic organic machine, right? Like I'm walking out of the mold man and what I've built will carry this business for many, many years, as long as the systems I've built keep being followed, right? Yeah. And it really is building those relationships, building that trust, show, leading by integrity. You know, we had a real estate agent this week who had their basement flooded. And within hours, our team was out there to put out fans to help make sure that there's not mold growth in that house. That agent will forever know us as the people who will take care of her clients because we took care of her. 
And it's Absolutely. about going above and beyond to build those relationships. So I want to back up on something you said. I mean, there's so many good pieces of info here, Miranda. This is just like mind-blowing. But you just said knowing your avatar is step one. Knowing your market, okay? Now, how do you feel, and, and I've got some thoughts on this, but when you start talking about an avatar, do you feel like it's always necessary to drill into that avatar um, you know, 100% and go narrow? Or are there some businesses where your avatar can be a little wider? As an example, mold is a specific target avatar, correct? I mean, mm -hmm. if, if I don't have a mold question or, or issue, I'm not in that possibility of a clientele. So I, I agree with the agents. But let's take somebody that maybe has a business that's a little more widespread. Do you still have them drill into the avatar as as much? You have to figure out your wording. You have to figure out your problem. What problem do you solve and who do you solve it for? Right? Talk, talk more so, about that, solving the problem. Go, go a little deeper because I love that. And so for us, you would think the problem that we solve is mold remediation, but it's not. The problem that we solve is that real estate agent can't get paid because there's a problem found in the home inspection. And so once you figure out the true problem that you solve, you then can create the messaging it takes to attract that client. And so you may think that the problem you solve, um, uh, I'm going to go back to digital space because I just went to an expo yesterday and it seemed like everybody was a digital marketer or a SaaS company or, you know, something of that nature. So I think a lot of people out there can really um, handle that. And so you may help someone who owns a chemist, you know, or a pharmacist, or you may, own, you know, help a roofer or, you know, somebody else, but you're not necessarily helping them in that trade. You are helping them get more leads. So who are the people who have the problem of needing leads? Who are the pro you know, so once you really hone in on that problem, right? So in my consulting, I'm looking at those baby boomers, Gen Xers who may need help with understanding the business. Many entrepreneurs get started because they're really, really good at their craft, but they may not understand that business piece. And so I'm stepping in to help with that business piece. And I can tell really quickly, like I did some speed dating at this expo yesterday, and I can tell from the moment someone sat down, are they my target audience? Are they not my target audience? And the moment I can pick it up, are their sales six figures? Okay, they have zero sales. As soon as I pick it up, cool, I'm not going to pitch you. I'm going to see what I can do to bring value to your life. And that's exactly what I did in the speed networking. There were a couple of people who didn't have a business. It didn't matter what I did. Let me help them. Let me bring value to them. Um, and so that, that plays a role in it too. And so for me as a consultant, I, everyone's like, well, are you going to help one industry? No, I'm probably not going to help one industry. I'm going to help one particular generation solve one problem, which is they need to figure out how to create the systems and processes they need in their business to go from working on their, in their business to working on their business. Right. And there's a certain mindset behind that individual who has that problem. And so everyone's like, well, you should pick an industry. No, because that's not the problem I'm solving. I'm not helping roofers make better roofing. I'm helping entrepreneurs step into their God-given talents to make entrepreneurship work for them, right? And so it just depends on what you're doing on who your target audience is. It may not be what you think it is originally. 
I love that. That is so good. And to take that a step further, and you've mentioned it, once you understand the market, once you under, truly understand the problem, the next biggest thing you have to figure out is your messaging, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was really thinking about this a few minutes ago. There are three pieces to marketing. Product, placement, and pricing. And it doesn't matter if that marketing is paid or organic. Product, placement, and pricing. Once you figure out those three, it's like a fire. What do you need for fire? You need um, wind, right? It needs air to breathe. It mm -hmm. needs fuel, and it needs a spark. Once you have those three, you can burn a fire. The same thing with business. Once you have product placement and pricing down, that business will soar. That is so good. I hope I hope the people listening to this are understanding the nuggets that you're dropping because they this is just what you do, uh, folks. This is what she does, and it's uh, it's amazing because it's um, she's humbly telling you how how to build your standard operating procedures and how to start building your marketing program. So let's dive into this. So when you're doing that, you're using Go High Level. And I know um, we've got a, a lot of people are using Go High Level. I mean, now it is it is mainstream. And I think it's it's becoming the fastest growing CRM, in my opinion, or lead generation um, tool. It's the What's the first thing or is there is there kind of a standard operating you know model that you use when you're trying to get your client until uh, using Go High Level? Do you, do you want them to use Go High Level? Where do you start with, with getting them organized with a system like that? So first, I think Go High Level is the absolute best software on the market today. I have built five different CRMs with five different brands for five different reasons, essentially, in my career. And Go High Level is the absolute best. And so because of that, a lot of my clients will go and use Go High Level. They're not required to use it, but if they need help building that out as we work together, that is definitely something that I do is help create this Go High Level. Now, Go High Level has like 400 features. So it can be so overwhelming if you are new to using the software. And so you usually have to figure out what problem you're trying to solve in your business with the software. And a lot of people are only using Excel spreadsheets to keep up those leads. That's one of the biggest issues that I'm seeing for entrepreneurs is that they're still using pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet and they're not using a CRM. And so that feature alone and go high level just to be able to put your contacts in and follow up with them. Even if you were sending nothing more than just one email a month to send to your, to your base is so important. And so if I could say, start with one thing, that's the one thing I would start with. Okay, very good. Is there a centralized location? Let's just, for the listeners, they don't work with you right now, um, mm -hmm. but let's, you know, the person that, that is listening doesn't yet. So the question would be, if they have Go High Level, is there one central place or one where, one place they can go to get really good training with go high level because that it, it is a system you have to spend time in and learn so where's the best place to learn how to use the system so i actually have a couple of connections with other go high level experts who i think are incredible human beings um okay. marvin kaufman also known as big marv 
he does a lot of training and a lot of things to help people. He's absolutely one of my favorite people meeting through um, the Mastermind Apex. Um, And then Christian John just released a really cool training to help people learn more about Go High Level. And then there's a couple of companies like HL Pro Tools um, and things of that nature that have different um, options for people as well. Okay. All right. Very good. And we we all know and love Big Marv. So shout out to Big Marv. Uh, all right. So I, I reached out to some people on Facebook and, and asked them if they had questions knowing that I was going to be interviewing you. So uh, one of my good buddies, uh, the fitness ninja, Mark Zelmanoff, a great guy, um, he asked this question and, and I thought it was really good. Um, as an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner, what are some of the most underutilized features that business owners should be taking advantage of that they don't even know is in there? So one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of entrepreneurs are missing some of the basics, right? So one, I would definitely get in the, into those basics. But then the second piece that I thought of Im- immediately when you said this question, it's something I think I do a little differently inside Go High Level. I like taking my clients' um, systems and processes and writing them down and embedding them into the automations of Go High Level, but then also having them create video sequences to train their team and then embedding that inside Go High Level as a course that you offer for free to your team. And then you can like do things like quizzes to check for understanding and you can make sure they've actually watched these trainings. You know, a lot of people are using Loom right now, and you can mm-hmm. take Loom and embed it inside Go High Level. Um, but sometimes Loom doesn't give you the same options that you can have inside having it hosted inside Go High Level with, you know, different automations and things you can schedule once they get to a certain point, right? So you can have them watch a set of 10 videos and then do a quiz and then let you know how they did on that quiz if you need to contact them or reach out or do some retraining or, you know, whatever that looks like. And then they can do another video or two and then, you know, get you alerted and let you know what their progress is through those automations built in with Go High Level. And it's just really, really cool to be able to build out this entire platform, right? So if you think about some of the biggest corporations, McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, you know, whatever, wherever you worked as a teenager, you didn't have someone working with you one-on-one or the CEO or the owner of the business teaching you one-on-one how to go flip a burger. You sat there for what, four hours watching videos on how to go flip the burger. And then if you needed help, someone would help you on the job, right? right. And so to use Go High Level to create the exact same training modules that big corporations use so that you're not having to sit there and train these people, but you also have that back-end understanding and checks and balances to make sure they're really understanding what they're watching. I think it's a game changer for so many businesses. Good for you. So really what, what it allows a small business owner to do at any size, they're able to create their own intranet system, just like you mentioned Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. They have an intranet system for the entire um personnel staff across the the world, and you're able to create the same intranet with all of your training, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you make it as robust as you want to. You can do it for each individual person on your team. And as you grow, it can grow. It's it's a really cool feature. I love that. Is there another feature off the top of your head you can think of that businesses 
maybe uh, that's underutilized as a business owner that that somebody could utilize that would help them in GHL? One of my favorites um, is the social media manager piece. It's built in to go high level. You know, you could go and pay to have Hootsuite or whatever, but you're going to pay a couple of 50 to 100 bucks a month. Whereas you have a simple scheduler and planner inside Go High Level. It's missing some of the analytics. So if you need those analytics, you may still have to go to one of those bigger brands and names to be able to capture those analytics. But the idea that I can go and make 30 days of content for LinkedIn, put it into my Go High Level and not have to think about it is amazing. And I don't have to pay any extra from what I'm already paying to access Go High Level. Oh my gosh. Okay. So question as a user of, of go high level myself, if I utilize and I don't currently use that social media tool, uh, I, I still do it, you know, myself or my team does. <clears throat> if I were to use the GHL function for that, does it show in say LinkedIn and Facebook that it's being posted by a third party and does it get pushed down? I, I guess in my mind, it's like, Ooh, does, you know, even, with some of those other third-party apps, do that does that push them down further in the rankings, or does Facebook hide those things more if it's posted by a third party? I haven't noticed any difference, but I'm not that deep into that part to really give you a okay. solid answer. Um, okay. So for LinkedIn, one of the things that I was told by somebody recently is you may be really active with one platform. For me, that's Facebook. I'm on Facebook every day. I make sure I make a personalized post front, like that I manually create and post on Facebook every single day, even if I don't do a video, even if I don't do anything else. But there are six major platforms. Unless you have a team behind you, you don't have time to manage all of those. And so you could spend a couple of hours, knock out those 30 from LinkedIn, and you don't have to be social to be actively posting on there. And building yes. that machine of, you know, getting those attention and getting the name out there. And so it just makes it super easy for people who, you know, may not really want to be engaged on LinkedIn, but know that they just need to be able to post something, you know, and yeah. that's really how I use it. I use Facebook very differently, but for my LinkedIn, I just go ahead and create it. I don't have to think about it and get it off my to-do list. I'm doing the right thing. I'm checking the box. But those analytics for me on are on LinkedIn don't really matter to me the same way they do on Facebook. I want to make sure I hit on this with you on that. I did, I think I did what the standard probably small business entrepreneur does. Oh, but is that is it is it okay to use a third party system like GHL, go high level, mm -hmm. to do that? I, I need to do it myself. And what you would tell me or anyone else is, listen, until you have a large enough team that can be posting on those five and six core platforms for you, this is going to be a great way to get you more exposure, consistency, so that you're not spending three, four hours a day in Facebook and LinkedIn where you, when you need to be getting clients and leads, correct? Absolutely. I would not okay. have the bandwidth. Yeah. to perform on all six of those, right? So if you are building a team yeah. and you have a VA for your Facebook and a VA for your LinkedIn or you know whatever that looks like, it really just saves you time to make sure that you're getting out there as much as you can and yeah. you know all of that. So I would pick one if you're, you know, not really using social media or you know you are already using that one, 
and really pay attention to your analytics and build that to the best of your ability. But then all of the other platforms, and I think Go High Level only uses four or five of the six, but go ahead and just do that bulk create, spend a couple of hours once a month and just go ahead and get it out there. Because I know I probably spend two hours a day just going on Facebook to make sure I didn't miss any comments. I didn't miss any messages. And, you know, I'm just not at a point to have another VA uh, help me with that right yet. And so eventually I'll hand that back off to a VA. But right now with where I am, there's no way I could do that for six platforms. And a lot of other entrepreneurs feel the same, I think, as well. I think you're right. And then you can still put your personal post or two every day on the main platform. But this is just really getting you massive exposure and coverage using the technology. I love that. Very good. Absolutely. All right. So yeah, we could keep going on this, but I've got I've got one or two quick questions that I want to get in before we finish. Okay, um, because this is amazing, and I I want to have you back at some point uh, because you're dropping like nugget bombs everywhere. Um, tell us about. I know you're getting ready to launch a podcast. Tell us a little bit about the podcast, and then also tell us you're launching a you're like publishing a book, like in the midst of all this other stuff. You're you're publishing a book. Yeah, absolutely. Give me just a second, Dave. Um, I took my computer on the road with me yesterday, and I did not realize that it was not plugged in this morning. Okay, like I'm running I'm out of juice. You. Yes. Okay, so the book. Um, so I actually have two that I'm working on. One I've already um, kind of worked on the transcript, and I'm waiting to have it sent out to a friend of mine to edit. So I'm a parent of three children, and all three of my kids have special needs. And so a lot of moms will come to me for guidance or support or questions. And one of my friends is having her first baby. And I was like, I want to put everything I've learned about parenting in a book. And even if I don't publish it, I want to gift it to my friend. Right. And so if I'm going to go through the work of making a book for my friend, I might as well publish it for the world. So I've got that project I'm working on. And then I am going to be launching a book about business as well the lessons that I learned, the tips and tricks that, you know, I've picked up along my journey to help other entrepreneurs. Um, and so it will probably be named whatever it takes. Not quite sure. If not, it's going to be B Swan. So um, the podcast is also going to be B Swan. And there's a story behind that name. I okay. went to NLP training. And one of my big breakthroughs through the NLP training process, my overcoming um limiting beliefs the back end of that was i'm a beautiful swan right and so my whole life i felt like an ugly duckling i grew up in a house of beautiful blonde skinny females that are just beautiful in any definition you can imagine and i've always been the chunky girl right so i always felt like the ugly duckling and um because my dad had remarried and i wasn't part of that group or you know whatever And so part of my overcoming limiting beliefs was I'm a beautiful swan because look at who I am now. Look at where I am now. I may have come from those humble beginnings, but look at me now. And so beautiful swan just kind of stuck. Like my husband tells me all the time, you're my beautiful swan now because I came home and was like, guess what? I'm a beautiful swan. I'm a beautiful swan. And so then obviously when I have something that's that powerful for me, I can turn it into an acronym for business. And so B is for branding, S is for systems, W is winning with core values, 
A is attracting your ideal client and N is for networking and building relationships. And I love that. I feel like that kind of a comp- um, includes everything that we kind of talked in, about in, in this call, right? So it explains how I built the business and how I want to build other businesses. So the podcast is going to be the swan and it's going to just talk about those different elements of building business. And I plan that it's going to be launched at the beginning uh, or probably by the end of January. I have two recordings under my belt and I want to get five total before I launch just to make sure I got a couple uh, in case, you know, someone calls in sick as I'm making those recordings. I have my third recording today and one's going to be my husband. We haven't recorded that. So I need one more guest. If anyone's looking for a podcast, I would love to have you, Dave. That'd be incredible. I don't think I could say it any better. You just encapsulated with that the entire show today. I think you did an amazing job. And I I want you to know, um, be swan, beautiful swan. You are a beautiful soul. Um, I I was able to meet you in person and connected immediately um, with you when we, you know, when we got to meet. And and so um, you are a beautiful soul with an amazing, amazing uh, amount of talent and a heart for giving and leadership to help others. And so I couldn't be more happy the the way this uh, show is going to turn out. So if you would, in closing, tell everyone how they get a hold of you. Really important. Share share with them the best way to contact you. So my website is callwitnow, C-A-L-L-W-I-T-N-O-W.com. And then, as I said, I'm super, super active on Facebook. So if you follow me at Miranda Wood, my name's a little different. I'm a little different, so it works out well. Uh, but it's M-A-R-A-N-D-A instead of the traditional spelling. Um, and so you'll see my beautiful faces, that background, just in case you uh, saw some other Miranda Woods, you'll know what to look for. I'm super happy to be connected. And you know what, Dave? I want to give three 30-minute free consultations for your listeners today. So um, I will make sure I send you that link so that Perfect. we can make sure it's put in the right places. And then I'll offer three 30-minute consultations for free for your viewers. That is amazing. That is amazing. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. We could uh, do this forever, but we've got to we've got to call it it for the day. It's over. But it was amazing. So for those of you that listened, thank you so much. Please like and share and pass this on to others that you care about that could use Miranda's services and also that just want to get some good information uh, on our podcast. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Impact Blueprint. Have a great day. Bye, y'all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.